0: It's all been designed to be a space that when you walk in, you feel at home Mm -hmm. and you want to hang out there and you want to come back there. I think that's how people are going to feel when they experience it. Welcome to Behind My Journey, a
1: podcast that is for our community. In today's episode, I sit down with Lead Pastor Matt Johnson to get an inside scoop on the new facility opening up in early 2022. Welcome to this episode of Behind My Journey. My name is Quinn Eaton and sitting with me is the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Johnson, pastor of Journey Church. Matt, thank you so much for sitting down again to do
0: the Behind My Journey podcast. Yeah, Quinn, I love what you've been doing with this. Uh, I listen regularly and love hearing the stories, so glad I get to be on this. And this one's gonna be a little bit different because
1: usually we dive into a person's story and a person's journey, but this is kind of the church's journey, right? Yes. Uh, This next step that the church is taking to move into a new facility, it's very exciting, but you've been able to talk about it a little bit during services and of course with the emails and the videos that you've sent out to people uh, and members of the church. But I felt like it would be really cool to kind of get into the specifics and ask some more detailed questions about the new facility, uh, the timeline for it and things like that. And so I asked you, you said that you were willing to do it, which I appreciate. And I'm doing this, of course, because I think people will have questions and maybe these questions that I'll ask will answer them. But I'm also very, I'm, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about the new building. So just to start it off, I mean, the the journey started in 2005, right? Correct. And that started in the Kura Center at mm-hmm. Murray State. And then you move into a another building the cfsb center right right and each time of course it's it's kind of an upgrade like the curse center was nice but then you needed to expand then you go to the cfsb center and that's been really nice but it's a lot of work every sunday Uh, a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes to make sure that whenever people come to church it's all set up so now we're going to have a building where all the tear down and set up and stuff there might be a little bit of that but all of that's going to kind of go away because we're going to have a permanent place for Journey Church. So how do you feel about moving into a more permanent home for
0: Journey? Well obviously I'm excited about it. Um, When we first started the church 16 years ago, from the very beginning we got asked the question, when are you going to get your own building? Mm -hmm. You know you can imagine that's a natural question for people and back then there was no other church in Murray who was portable like we were Mm -hmm. doing it the way we were doing it so it caused people to scratch their heads a little bit and our answer to them was always, well, when we get to the point where we can reach more people with our own facility than doing it the way we're doing it, that's what we'll do. But until then, it makes more sense from a financial stewardship standpoint to rent a space, move in, set it up. It frees up more money to invest in the community. So that's what we've been doing. Obviously, we got to the point where we're in the biggest facility in the community and we ran out kids space and mm-hmm. it, it just got to the point we needed to do it. I think it's going to be an incredible move for us for a couple reasons. I'm excited because, to your point, there are a lot of people who put in major hours behind the scenes Mm -hmm. to make it work every Sunday. And we're going to be able to free up uh, all of their time to now focus on serving people directly, not indirectly, if that makes sense. So I think people are really excited about that who have been involved, that they're going to get to now have a different avenue through which to serve some people. At the same time, and this is true for all change, even good change, you know, change requires loss. That's always part of it. Mm -hmm. So these people who've been doing this this whole time, we call them our road crew, they, you know, they're going, okay, well, what's my role going to be? And well, we are, we're not going to miss a lot of it, but man, we're going to miss hanging out together. And I think it's the relationships and the community that's built that has sustained it for 16 years. Mm -hmm. So moving into facilities is just going to open up a whole new avenue we're going to have it's the first time we're ever going to have space designed specifically for our preschool elementary middle and high school age and we have had them in some unusual spaces right <laughs> whether it's the stables in the first floor of the of the current center or a loading dock in the cfsb center i mean this is the first time we've been able to create space designed just for them mm-hmm. that's what i'm most excited about i think. I think that's our largest upgrade. That's what when people walk in and see our kid and student spaces, number one, without a doubt, they're going to go, man, this place, they really do value the next generation. It's going to be obvious. It's going to be unlike anything people in this community have ever seen before. And it's going to be something that kids and students, I mean, it's going to be a space they can't wait to get into. So I just think it's going to open up a chance for us to serve a whole lot more people and that's why we're doing it. And that's, that's what excites us the most. Yeah. And it's definitely exciting.
1: And like you said, with change, there is loss. I've always found it very unique to go to church in a basketball arena because I'm an avid Murray State basketball fan. So I oftentimes, you know, would be at a game a Saturday night and then the next morning I would be in church in the same seat almost. So that part was cool. But I do think that just overall for the church to have those spaces for the kid and student groups and then just to have a lot of other different areas that are built for what, what the journey needs I think that's going to be really beneficial and talking about you've kind of gotten under some of the kids and student spaces what are some important details about the building that people will be excited to see
0: yeah well in addition to the to the children student spaces some things that we're going to be able to do that we've never been able to do before include you know the the lobby area that we have is going to be a place that You're going to want to hang out. Mm -hmm. You know, we've designed it to, and we've never really had that kind of space where afterwards people could hang out. So it'll be a place where a lot of conversations happen, where people connect with each other. I think that's, they're going to love that. Uh, The spaces we're able to create for a new guest are going to be pretty incredible um, and just a lot more comfortable. Obviously, the adult space is going to be. Uh, A lot more comfortable, and it's going to allow us from an audio standpoint, video lighting standpoint, to create a much better experience for people. You know, it's hard to control audio in a basketball arena where things are, you know, it's bouncing around. So, all that's going to be good. Um, But I think the thing that is most unique about it, and we can talk more about this later if you want, but the thing that's most unique about it is we really did design this with the community in mind Mm -hmm. to serve as a uh, best way to think of it, it's a convention center slash meeting space for the community, and there are multiple multiple functions uh, to this building that can be used by the community in a variety of ways. And there's, I was telling somebody this the other day. Um, this is this is a facility that you wouldn't expect to find in Murray, and the reason I say that is not because Murray doesn't deserve it. We felt like Murray deserved a space like this but you can't build this just as a convention center space because the numbers don't work out sure. from a financial business standpoint. A lot of people have looked into it and gotten close to doing it, but there's just not quite enough demand
1: mm-hmm.
0: to to make sense financially. Well, we're able to build this for the community. We don't have to worry about that. Um, we'll fund it as a church and then just make it available to the community to use. So the community's getting something that I think they've always wanted but we never thought we were gonna be able to get so yeah. I'm most excited to be able to do that and and honestly give this as a gift to the community that I think is gonna add value to the community for years to come
1: that's definitely a great idea and, and we'll talk about that in more depth later uh, just just thinking of seeing a need in the community and then saying okay this building can serve that purpose uh, I think that that's really cool and kind of to go off of that it seems like, and you can tell me if I'm dead wrong, right? Just say, nope. that's not that's not how it was. But it seems like maybe as you were progressing, like you started at the Career Center and then you went to the CFSB Center, uh, instead of building a church and then growing out of it, you kind of had room to grow in those spaces and really say, okay, whenever it comes time to build our own church, we would like this area to be this big and, and serve this purpose. Was that true? Is there any truth to that saying that you were able to kind of take notes as you went along, uh, and then you get to kind of put it all together whenever the,
0: the facility opens. That's absolutely correct. Now, now we held off on having our first facility way longer than the average church. Sure. Uh, most churches, when they hit year seven of being portable, they stopped growing from that point on. I didn't find that out until about year 10 or 11, and I was like, well, don't, don't tell us, because we don't know any different, we're, we're still growing. Yeah. So it's very rare to find a church 15, 16 years Um, without having their own facility. However, um, when we first started, I heard Rick Warren say, who's at Saddleback out in California, Rick said, never let the shoe tell the foot how big it can grow. And his, what he meant by that was don't jump into a building that's going to limit your ability. Mm -hmm. And a lot of churches just want to build, they build quick, but they can't afford much, right? Yeah. So you're exactly right. We have utilize rental space as long as we can learned as much as we could and built the financial base to be able to build the kind of facility that we felt like this community needed mm-hmm. um, and it took 16 years to get there to financially be able to fund that but we're there now and we're thrilled to be able to do it
1: yeah and i think that's really cool uh and of course a lot of it is funded by the church uh, like yeah the people, a, yeah exactly that, that go to church uh, at journey and i think that that's that's just really remarkable to see that kind of input from the people that attend Journey Church but I think a lot of people will be interested to know what kind of upgrades that this new building is going to offer because I, I think a lot of people if you ask them I mean going to church in the basketball arena it's still very nice I mean the, the whole setup the lights uh, and, the, and the makeshift walls that, that are set up it, it makes it feel a lot smaller than that than that stadium actually is right um, but what kind of upgrades uh, will people have to look forward to at the new building
0: yeah, that's a great question, and I'll answer it as best I can. But the thing I keep telling people, and we were just talking about this before we recorded, because you haven't been out to see it. No. You can't envision what, how nice it's going to be and how functional it's going to be until you get out there and see it, mm-hmm. just because there's nothing like it around here. So with that as a caveat, sure. Um, the basics are it's 26,500 square feet, roughly. And about half of that space is kid and student space. And the other half is adult space. So throughout all of the spaces, it has state of the art, audio, video, theatrical lighting. Um, we were talking a little bit about the kid and student areas. You know, in those areas we are we've finally got a space for space as for our preschoolers that, you know, they meet in the Murray Room, the C F S B Center now and we put up these fake walls and I mean it works mm-hmm. but for years think about having to watch toddlers and you don't have solid walls to contain them. Yeah. You know, it's a little more <laughs> difficult, hard. right? So they're going to have their own spaces with, I know it sounds funny, but solid walls and everything in the room is going to be designed for that age group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be themed out for that age group. Um, uh, Upgrade's probably not even the right word. It's it's like going from single A ball to the major leagues. Sure. Um, Cardinals, not Braves. I, okay. I know they just won. Come on. So <laughs> go braves. Yeah. yeah, go braves. Yeah, I wanted you to get it in. <laughs> so so it's it's a major step up for uh, kindergarten through fifth graders. You know, we're designing a large group space for them that they're also gonna be able to do small group in. It's got a stage, audio, video, lighting. It's themed out like a drive in movie theater. I mean they're it's gonna have I'll just break a couple things here that nobody really knows about. Um, it's going to have an actual functioning old-school drive-in movie theater sign that the kids are just going to think is cool. You can change the marquee stuff out. It's going to have a truck coming out of a wall, and the kids can climb up in the bed of the truck, and the lights work. And it's got tires on it. And, you know, It's going to have a, a mock concession stand with seating over there. So. Stuff like that we've never been able to do. Uh, transit for our middle schoolers, inside out for our high schoolers. Same thing. They're going to finally have large group space, actual small group rooms, um, audio, video, lighting in there. There, we were just in. A, came out of a meeting where they're buying stuff like ping pong table, foosball table, arcade or pinball games. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that for these students that we've never been able to provide them. They've never had a space of their own that was functional at all so on the kid stays there that stays there (laughs) that stays there and that feels good that somewhere you would want to hang out and you would look at your friend and go oh my gosh you've got to come see this well i can promise you i mean we're theming transit out uh like a subway station not the restaurant we actually got asked that question (laughs) no we're not doing sandwiches but like a subway station because it's a transit theme so we're theming that our subway station it's gonna i mean they're just gonna find it so cool they're gonna want to bring their friends to it And then everything about the adult side is just going to be more comfortable um it's it's gonna feel more inviting more relaxing um i I think people are gonna be blown away by it but i think it's it's all been designed to be a space that when you walk in you feel at home Mm -hmm. and you want to hang out there and you want to come back there i think that's how people are going to feel when they experience it right
1: and Maybe
0: you can debunk the rumor, will
1: you guys still have bleacher seats or will it kind of move to a more traditional uh, auditorium setting?
0: Yeah, so it's, it's a flat floor yeah. and it's going to have um, very nice, comfortable chairs, but they are movable chairs. So everything in there is flexible. It'll, the auditorium is going to seat 650 people, roughly, you can probably squeeze somewhere in there but um it's flexible so we can pull all the chairs or part of the chairs out and set it up in round tables and put you know 400 450 people at round round tables in there there's a lot of functionality along those lines and uh you know these are small things but we're going to have a lot more control of the lighting which we've never had in all of these spaces that we're in right it's either lights on or lights off Mm -hmm. that's it well now we're gonna have dimmable lighting to to make things feel a little more comfortable and uh, one of the jokes, but people ask about it all the time, like we can control the temperature finally, yes. you know, in, in the CFSB <laughs> Center and it was the same in the Kerr Center. I mean, you know on Murray State's campus, they have two temperatures, on or off. Yes. And depending <laughs> on the season, it's cooler heat, on or off, right? So, and that's fine, but, you know, people bundle up during the summer and wear jackets or I've actually watched people bring blankets because it's so cold so we're finally going to be able to control that all of that stuff adds up to a way more comfortable inviting experience for people right and
1: we've kind of already hit on this a little bit but this facility is built for the church how is it going to help the church if someone walked up to you and, and said okay you've you've been portable this whole time so why are why are you starting to build this permanent home and how is it
0: going to help the journey I've, so we think we try to create what we call irresistible experiences Okay, so an irresistible experience is simply an experience that when you come to it, it is so good that you want to come back and invite a friend to come with you. Mm -hmm. That's it in a nutshell. Well, there are three components that make an irresistible experience. You need to have an appealing physical context or setting. You need to have an engaging presentation and you need to have helpful content. For 16 years, we've been able to control two of those three. Um, there, it could be debatable as to whether we have engaging presentations on Sunday, <laughs> Quinn. I'll leave that up to you to decide. But we can control how engaging the presenters are, the communicators, and we can control how helpful the content is. We've done the best, and you alluded to it, we've done the best to make the physical setting appealing and feel comfortable. But there's only so much you can do when you're in a student center, a basketball arena, and you start setting up at 5 and you've got a service at 8 or 9 in the morning, Right this will be the first time we've ever been able to control our physical environments and one we're going to have more space it's the first time we're ever gonna wherever we've ever had space that accommodates growth for kids students and adults so that's going to be tremendous Um, it's going to give us room to grow but everything to your point earlier everything is designed for how we utilize it finally so When people walk in, it's going to be not like twice as good of an experience. It's going to be exponentially better because of the space and the functionality of the space and then what we're able to do. The way There's so many things we haven't been able to do because you don't have a facility. We just came out of a meeting earlier this morning where we were planning the calendar for next year. Well, suddenly we're thinking about, okay, what are things we can do Um, on a weeknight during the week pulling people together for an experience we've never been able to do that before right Um, we're going to have a lot of green space at the new facility so we are talking about you know next summer let's do some live on the lawn events you know let's on a Sunday night or Thursday night or whatever you bring the band out to do some music and you have food trucks and you do a cookout or you know whatever it may be you do fireworks you know so there's a lot of that stuff that we can do to help people connect, to help make the church feel more personal, mm-hmm. uh, to help them feel at home, and we can create some better environments for them to ask questions and express doubts than we've ever have been able to before. And I think just being able to use
1: the facility throughout the week, because I think you've been kind of, the limitation has been, we set it up for a, pretty much only, a, you know, a half a day, right. and, then, and then you have to tear it all back down, and then you wait until the next week to do it again. So to have that permanent space, I feel like it's going to be really beneficial and, and utilized well by the church. Uh, just because, like you said, you can do things, it doesn't have to be a Sunday morning to do something. You can do it Sunday night, you can do it Thursday night. But that's the thing about the church is that it's, I think a lot of people think that Sunday's is the, the one day that's open and then the rest of the day you lock up the doors and you leave it there. Um, this idea to kind of have a dual purpose building to, of mm-hmm. course, serve the church, but then also serve the community, which really is... It's surprising that, I've never heard of this, but it's surprising that another church hasn't done this or something like this before. So I think a lot of people are intrigued by that, the idea of the church also serving as a community center and a convention center. So why did you build this for the community just as much as you did for the church?
0: Yeah, this is probably the number one thing we're passionate and excited about, Quinn, as you know, because you've been around heard us talk about it. Let me give you a little backstory on it and a little context, and also maybe answer a question or two that's popped up along the way. Mm -hmm. So when we started talking about building uh, this facility, it's not counting the cost of the land. It's going to land at about a $6.2 million facility. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the thought of spending that much money, asking people to give that much money, ourselves just so we could do Sunday morning services and then you know something for students during the week maybe something for adults to what I just it was hard for me in my mind and for our leadership here to justify doing that to be quite honest so the more we prayed about it and thought about it the more we realized wait a minute we've got an opportunity to what I alluded to earlier we have an opportunity to actually serve our community by providing something that has been talked about for years is definitely needed but it doesn't make sense for anybody else to provide. So that's when we got really excited about doing this project, and that's what's fueled me through all the fundraising and all the building challenges that come along with this, is just knowing this is going to be a huge gift to our, com- to our community. So we're excited to make it available. It's going to be available for uh, rent. We've got already got a couple of events booked in there that will be – Great uh, starter events for us just to test it out. But it's going to be available all throughout the week and it's got a lot of flexibility. We can host conferences of, you know, six, 700 people. And a leadership team from a business that wants to do a one day or two day offsite, there's a phenomenal space for them to come in and do something like that um, in our suite or in our starting point room. And then all sizes in between. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna get utilized a lot for those purposes. We didn't do it to, this has been asked, we didn't do it to try to find another source of income to afford the building. We've not projected a penny of income and I'm sure we'll have some and we'll figure out how to use that to serve the community. But that's not the the point behind it. Uh, You said you're surprised a lot of churches don't do it. I, I get that, but I'll tell you why they don't. Largely, it's the wear and tear on the facility. Mm-hmm. and it's a it's a lot of extra work to do it uh, but again I, we're not spending six million dollars to build something that we use on Sunday and then protect the rest of the time yeah it's not ours um, and any way we can show our community that we're for them we're willing to do and to be fully transparent I mean we try to serve this community as generously as we can because we want them to at least pause and go wait a minute if they're for me that much is it possible God's actually for me that much too maybe there's something I've missed that I should go back and and look at again so that's the heart behind it all and whether people ever walk in for a church service or not that facility is there for them and we're we're excited to be able to provide it and I think it's going to serve our, our church in a, in a great manner it's also going to serve the community well
1: And it's really exciting to see that and these, these have all been, I mean, I'm not going to speak for myself, but I guess I will. I feel like I've asked some good questions, but the one question I know that everyone that's listening is probably wanting the answer to is, when will it open?
0: Well, I will give you the answer to that, and I will go ahead and give you some news that isn't quite official. Nobody knows about this, but we'll break Perfect. it right here some on your in, podcast. Insider info. That's right. Awesome. First of all, um, the building is actually not going to be named Journey Church, Okay so we are naming the building the four center the for center so the sign out by the road is going to say the four center and underneath it'll say home of journey church and we're doing that for two reasons one we have never been a building you know our church is the people it's not the building so we've been the journey at curse center and cfsb it just makes sense for us to be the journey at another at another place yeah at another place so So that's part of the reason. And the other part of the reason is because we recognize that for some some groups in the community who might want to utilize it as a meeting space during the week, we hope it's easier for them to say, hey, we're having our event at the 4 Center instead of at Journey Church. Mm -hmm. Because there's some people who have resistance to church, and we get that. And people, when they walk in the building, are going to see we're not— when you walk into our up to the building, into the lobby, we're not shoving Journey Church down your throat with stuff on the walls and everything. I mean, you'll be able to walk in and it'll feel like a somewhat neutral site. Yeah. So anyway, we haven't announced that publicly, but it's going to be called the Four Center, And it will open, barring any last minute setbacks. It will open in February of next year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Our first public services will be sometime in february of twenty twenty two. And we are really, really excited to get started in this new chapter. That's very exciting, too. I I love the whole idea of not naming it uh, Journey Church
1: because it's more than that, uh, especially to the community. So that's a great idea. And then I think a lot of people will be happy to know that come February, the church will open its doors. So uh, I'm excited about that. Personally, I know that, of course, the journey has to go kind of digital for... Maybe a month or two uh, to kind of fill that gap. Yes, but that's of course stuff that you've already covered, where you've got to install all the stuff, and it's mm-hmm. impossible to, you know, do both at the same time. So, uh, a lot of exciting stuff. Thanks for breaking news that had not been heard by anybody in the church that should definitely you know raise the numbers on the podcast is that the idea behind it to drive the news i'm I'm
0: just breaking it here because you're as big time as anybody in this community so Uh, if i if i can't break it here there's nowhere to break it yeah
1: well i appreciate that matt i don't know if that's true but But thank you so much for taking the time to do this i think a lot of people that are listening are going to be super excited and ready to go of course we got to wait a little bit but i think it'll be well worth the wait once everybody gets to step into the four center
0: well let me let me say finally two things one it's going to be an incredible opportunity next year to invite family and friends who aren't in church to come check it out there will be a lot of curiosity about the facility i'm excited to invite some of my friends i think we're going to see a lot of new people show up and we're excited to serve them And secondly, I want to say a big thanks to you. You're putting a lot of time into making this podcast possible. And I have people consistently telling me how much they enjoy hearing these stories. So thanks for what you're doing.
1: Well, you gave me the opportunity, uh, but I appreciate you saying that. And a lot of exciting things for the journey. Of course, the Behind My Journey podcast is a part of that. So again, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I think a lot of people are going to be very excited and happy to listen to this. Uh, But my name is Quinn Eaton. I'm Matt Johnson. And this has been the Behind My Journey podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind My Journey. If you or anyone that you know would like to have your journey featured on this podcast, send us an email at podcast at Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And if this message spoke to you, please help us spread the word and share it with others. Until next time, my name is Quinn Eaton, and this has been Behind My Journey.